0: Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. And we
1: have a very special guest with us. We do. Our first female guest on the podcast, Lacey Hudson. Yes. (laughs) Not that we're against females in any way, but Lacey just happens to be... Just to be clear if you're confused. uh, Yeah, we'll have other females on the podcast, (laughs) Mm. but uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks Mm. for having me. so great. Those of you who know something about Sovereign Grace music would know you as a vocalist Mm -hmm. on our last few albums. And uh, if they're looking at the... Uh, you know, credits for, for songs. They'd see you as your songwriter as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But you've been involved for quite a while just mm-hmm. in Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville. So when did you first come?
2: Yeah, so I moved to Louisville in January 2013 okay. for Southern. Okay. And then knew that you all had planted a church here, and my dad said I should go. Excellent. Because you, I grew dad. up on awesome. Sovereign Grace music.
1: You grew up on Sovereign yeah. Grace music. <laughs> It just always makes me feel old. <laughs> I grew up listening to Sovereign Grace. <laughs> I'm glad you did. And yep. that's great. Yeah, so great. So, so uh, yeah. as a uh, songwriter, I want mm. to talk about songwriting because you have been writing songs for how long?
2: Yeah, I would say like pretty seriously since high school. Mm. Wow. So, yeah.
1: And I remember first hearing one of your songs at like a songwriting, not a competition, but a workshop. and
2: Yeah, Southern had like a songwriter. I don't know, yeah, workshop thing for a weekend, and... That uh, I participated yeah, in. Yeah, you were one of the that's cool. songwriters you brought in, and yeah, that's when I presented one.
1: So then you started getting get involved with the choirs here at the church, mm-hmm. Children's Choir? Yep. And you actually got involved in the recording mm-hmm. with uh, doing the kids' choirs for Listen Up, mm-hmm. Theology and Listen Up, oh, two yeah. of our kids' albums. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So led those.
2: Yeah, we would make little small... Kids' choirs. <laughs> That's awesome. <They> were, <laughs> the
1: album. we <laughs> were small. Yeah. Actually, before we start talking about songwriting, just a little bit of this history. The first vocal you sang was on a kid's album, mm-hmm. Theology.
0: Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, Welcome In. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um, and then you served as a vocal coach on Prayers of the Saints. Mm-hmm. You didn't sing on the album, but you helped get parts together. Or well, no?
0: and d- did background vocals on the album. And background right? vocals. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So not
1: a soloist. but we very involved in that album, and then you sang on I think the Glorious Christ. Yep. A uh, number of songs, mm-hmm. and then wrote Worthy One, mm-hmm. and then helped write a song, Christ would be my hideaway. Um, sang on various renditions of that, <laughs> but then the Christmas album, you ended up co-writing mm-hmm. or writing four songs. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Just good. to see your, mm-hmm. uh, to see how your. Um, contribution Mm. has increased over the years. And then for the album that's coming out uh, in March of 2022, you and I wrote a song together, Mm -hmm. and then you co-wrote with Lisa Clow, another song. So you're contributing. It's great. (laughs) So David was going to ask you some questions just about songwriting process. Yeah. uh, Take it away, David. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: we've had other people on this podcast, uh, Matt Boswell and Nate Stiff, where we've been able to ask them. John
1: Altoff. And John Mm -hmm. Altoff, yeah, uh,
0: insights into their songwriting process, Mm -hmm. which I just think is fascinating because we all have different ways of, of, you know, writing songs. So that's what I wanted to ask you about. You know, when you're, when you're sitting down to write a song, um, are, you, uh, are you writing, thinking of writing alone or do you like to collaborate more? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's your process in the whole thing?
2: Yeah. So I would say I do both. Um, I think I started out doing more just solo songwriting. I'm um, still geared towards the church um, and then writing, you know, songs for kids' choirs, or sometimes I would co write with Bob. Um, but yeah, I did, I think, more stuff on my own. And then I think yeah. the more I've developed relationships with other writers and Sovereign yeah. Grace music, um, just, yeah, enjoy doing co writing as well.
1: That's so great. Did you start writing worship songs? Like, has that always been your kind of MO?
2: Yeah, I don't think I ever really did a lot of art songs. I think it really yeah. was always just geared towards church, um, whether that was, you know, a hymn format or Mm. more of like a worship type song. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so I know that people that listen to this podcast, uh, you know, some of them write songs. Mm. And I get this question a lot of like, what do I do with the songs that I've written? You know, And so could you speak to some people that might be listening and going, I feel I'm writing a lot of songs Mm. and I don't know who to give them to, what to do, you know, could you speak to that? Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have two thoughts that come to mind. One, I would say uh, that it's uh, something to do like a lot of. So Mm. I think the more you write, the better you get. Um, So I don't necessarily think like, oh, every song I write, I need to show to someone. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. really like a muscle. Could you repeat
1: that? That would be really helpful for some people. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
2: every song I write, I don't need to show to someone. Um, So So yeah, just like getting into the habits of songwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also, I think... This is one thing I love about Sovereign Grace music is that it's writing for the church. Mm, and yeah. so then taking your songs to, you know, your worship pastor or your worship team at church and saying, hey, here's what I've done. And I think the Lord's given me this gift. And, you know, it may not be that we use it on a Sunday, but just wanting some feedback and yes. ways yeah. to grow. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. How do you, um, how do you get better? At songwriting, you say you do a you, you know doing more of it. Mm. You know gets you a, the habit of getting better at it. But
1: yeah, and you have gotten better. I think mm. I think your songwriting Thanks. in the time I've known you has just really grown.
2: What I remember
1: you... one of the sorry one of the first uh, uh, kids songs you wrote. Mm-hmm. You know, just work. I saying yeah, that's good, but mm. maybe <laughs> we strengthen a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you're a very thoughtful songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to yeah.
0: So, how? Uh, how? What do you think has changed in sort of that growth process? Mm. Has it been feedback? Uh, has it been listening to different artists? Or what has been that your your process?
2: Yeah. I mean, for sure, feedback. So, like mm. I said, doing more and more co-writing, and just even like specifically Bob, just showing him a lot of my stuff, and just saying, mm. you know, what's good, but what could be better.
1: And that's always been so easy mm. because you know you're obviously thinking about it, but and I, you know, anytime someone asks me for uh, thoughts on a song, I mean, I recognize I'm not the world's best songwriter, but mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I do have thoughts, mm-hmm. and that that is really helpful to know when you ask for input. Is to know this person might not be like, you know, uh, just the best songwriters in the world, um, but they have thoughts and. Mm. And you want your song to land favorably on people. So when you've asked me for that and I've shared thoughts with you, you've both been quick to listen mm-hmm. and then quick to say, well, yeah, you know, to push back in, in some places. Well, yeah, I think. But never in so a, cool. no, this is... You know, God gave me this phrase, and I have to use this phrase. But I've appreciated that Mm. you have both because you need both. So great. Here is what some songwriters do: they, they, (laughs) they say, "Oh, that's so great! That's great!" (laughs) And like inside, they're going, "I really don't like it. Mm. I really don't like it." And they'll, you know, they'll. They'll mm. come back to you, you know, a month later, and it'll still be the same. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't like it. You know? But they never told you. It's just, I don't like it. They yes. acted like they liked it, but they don't. Right. Yeah. But I just appreciate the way you think through that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I just think at the root, you know, there's a common desire for, okay, I want this to be gospel-centered and mm. serve the church. And so if those are the most important things, then, yeah, you're more open to feedback. And But, yeah, it's I can say like, hey, I don't think that's the clearest, or like, let's work together to make your version of my version even clearer. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so good. Yeah. The
1: version of my version of my version of yeah. your <laughs> version of their version <laughs> and his version. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's really good. And mm-hmm. like you said, if you're with writers where you have a unified vision, mm-hmm. ugh, it's like so much easier. Yep. It doesn't feel like all oh, my ideas have to be the ones, you know? You, you have a common desire to serve the church through the songs mm-hmm. you're writing uh, and and chase down ideas. Yep. Like, I think um, in the little bit of songwriting uh, we've done, it's just like how to chase good ideas. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, you're trying to find it together. It's mm-hmm. not like first one there. Yep. <laughs> it's like... It's not? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's oh. really good and we, mm-hmm. we can tweak this and change this and cha- And yep. so I... Yeah. I appreciate that, but just the mm. the humility, uh, Lacey, that you just you know you have in not holding it too tightly. Mm. But also, the ability to, yeah, to push back if you have opinions, yes, you know,
1: that's good. And there's been a lot of patience. this is just taking time to honor you. Um, you have had a lot of patience, mm. just, you know, writing, but yeah, nothing's going on in the album, okay, because you've written for songs songs for albums that didn't get on the album. Sure, yeah, and but you were there, faithful, showing up. Part of the process. How can I grow? How can I make this better? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a part of becoming a better songwriter. Mm-hmm. It's just you're not stopping. You're not you're not writing songs to try and prove that you're a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. You're writing songs to become a better songwriter, and just yep. seeing that develop over time.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that Lacey, I think uh, we all share at the table is a love for like old hymns mm-hmm. and old like hymn writers. Uh, and my favorite hymn writer is Henry Francis Light. Mm. Uh, and I know that Anne Steele has had a huge impact on your life. Yep. Uh, can you like talk to that? Uh, like things you've maybe learned from her writing or mm. things that you've been inspired by her? I know you've done like extensive studying on mm. Anne Steele.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with old hymns, but particularly like you said, Anne Steele, I love to look at their hymnals. That's mm-hmm. a place where I find a lot of inspiration for mm-hmm. songwriting. Just the ways they say things, um, it's just beautiful poetry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of her stuff we don't have like set to music. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know the original tunes yeah. that they would have sung. But yeah, just looking at the way that she talks about the gospel um, and the different angles she takes mm-hmm. and um, y- yeah, even using other like old hymnals, whether it's Spurgeons or whatever. But yeah, it's just so beautiful and I think it challenges me to Okay, how can I say the truth, but in like creative ways, right. um, in fresh ways that affect people? Yes. To where they understand it, but they connect with it on a deeper level than just "Christ died for me on the cross."
1: <laughs> would, would you say that her songs? Because I'm not as familiar with like all the stuff she wrote. Um, I should be, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that they. She knew how to deal with suffering. She -hmm. knew how to deal with Mm -hmm. like trials and she wrote a lot about that or through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So she did write a lot on suffering. Um, She personally suffered a lot. So had a lot of death in her family, had a lot of physical um, trials that left her bedridden for most of her life. Um, So yeah, there's definitely like a specific like bent in her writing towards suffering and God's sovereignty. And how, Mm. yeah, how do I reconcile the fact that? I'm a Christian, but I'm suffering. Mm. And what does God have to say about that? And specifically, she'll look at Scripture and pull Mm. out, you know, things she sees in there and truths that she sees. So,
1: yeah. Have you ever have you written songs based on specific Ann Steele hymns?
2: Yeah. So Mark Willerton, who also writes for Sovereign Grace Music, Mm -hmm. uh, we did one called "We Trust in You," that Uh, we used a large portion of one of her hymns and then just added. Like a verse and a half to it. Oh, uh, okay. um, so, so cool! And yeah. so, in that
0: process, uh, um, are you updating the the verbiage, mm-hmm. like taking the these and thous? And because I mean, she was around a long time ago.
2: Yeah, so she was 18th century, but she actually didn't use a lot of old English. No way. So, like, some of her contemporaries would have huh. used more. So, I find wow. that a lot of her stuff is it really fits, yeah, modern language, and you don't have to do a ton of Finagling with it. Yeah. So, That's so awesome. Yeah.
0: That's just like the uh, our rich hymnody. Mm. There's just like, you know, we, we, we sometimes have this temptation to think like, oh, all these new ideas are coming out, and, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing, and you go back to these old hymns and the truth, mm-hmm. you know, uh, about suffering, I'm sorry, and the sovereignty of God, you see. Wow. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're wrestling with all these unbelievable truths, and to pull from them is just such a. I love that you do that, and I love that you're going back to those old hymn writers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think there's such a wealth. Oh, my. uh, You know, it's like a treasure trove that you (laughs) unlock. And so that's so cool. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And I think their writing shapes your writing. You know, so mm-hmm. it's the I. I think I learn not only from current people, but I think I learn from dead people.
1: That's really good <laughs> about how
2: to write. You know, so when I'm looking at yeah, the ways they craft sentences and phrases, it's like okay, that gives me ideas for how to craft things that I'm writing with my own verbiage. So
1: so good, and it was the the. Age so so many of the hymns were well all of the older hymns mm. were written you know pre-internet uh, pre social media pre you mm. know all the connectedness we have now and they just spent a lot more time thinking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you read these thoughts these these hymns these mm-hmm. lyrics and you just. Realize, oh wow, they really plumbed the depths of this. Mm-hmm. They, yes. and they thought about this from all these different angles. And it's so good for us to learn to do that. Mm-hmm. Rather than just to look for the catchy phrase, the you know, the the, the line that pops. And <laughs> it's just like, no, these mm-hmm. these thoughts can change your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you mm-hmm. think these things, sing these things, no, they're true. Mm-hmm. It can just affect your whole perspective and and transform the way you think, the things you say, what you absolutely. do. So it's it's a real noble aspiration mm-hmm. to use to benefit from the the writings of uh, those who are dead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're um, when you're in the writing process, I'm always like really interested to think through like keys. Uh, uh, And you know I'm a tenor, and so I'm writing in higher keys. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, how do you approach? How do you approach that process of maybe you're singing lead on something, and Mm -hmm. there's a male harmony, or you know, are you writing? How do you think through keys in your writing process? Isn't
1: isn't it more ranges like keys? You can always change the key for sure. Ranges is a better way to say that. Yeah, because if Mm -hmm. I mean, Chris Tomlin does keys, and (laughs) yeah, all the songs he sings are like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in space. Uh, and I might just lower them, just yeah. lower them. Yeah. Yes. But the range mm. Good, yeah. where guys can go low, girls can go high, and, and high, and mm-hmm. women, I think, tend to be more contained. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think a lot about that. Um, I mean, I do co-write with some girls, but I think largely I've co-written mostly with guys, mm-hmm. um, and I usually get made fun of at how much I think I push them to think about Okay. Yeah. Like you're
1: not Did dealing that happen with just when we tenors. No, Bob. Okay. Never okay, you. Because I care about this <laughs> I so much. It's like, why do we write songs with an octave and a fifth range? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stop yes. it. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So
2: yeah, I just push them to yep. think through that, and I feel like if you do it as you're writing the song, it's better. So I don't want to yeah. get this like incredible melody that we all love, you know, but it's an octave and a fifth, mm. and then you're going back in and you're like trying to chop things and figure out how to do that i mean you can right but yeah i just think if you have that in mind as you're writing like okay generally want to stick to an octave um and usually my course is the high point so mm-hmm. i don't want my verses to go crazy high or you know just kind of thinking about the overall landscape i think is helpful yeah um, yeah and just realizing i think girls tend to want to sit in a more contained Range um, mm. than a guy does, so especially if the goal is for them to sing it on Sunday mornings, <laughs> uh, the average <laughs> congregational member that's a woman does she'll just stop singing, or you know they don't want to say sure. hi. So
1: yeah, yeah. You know, I was in I was just in uh, Puerto Rico and, recently and uh, doing kind of a workshop day with different bands and stuff, and the keys were unbelievably high. Mm. Really. And I and I was saying to him, you know, we were doing evaluation. And I was saying uh, that is such a problem for your ladies. They're gonna, mm-hmm. they're gonna, you know, how do you, how are you doing this? And then as the day went on, I realized all the ladies were singing what's down, the octave. Well, yeah, down oh, an octave. Yes, yeah. down an octave on those high parts. What's it called when you the men and the women sing the exact same ranged you know, notes? It's called something.
2: Yeah, I'm blinking. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
1: um, but that's what they were doing. Yeah. And wow. so they could do a song in the tenor key. They would just sing all mm-hmm. those parts down an octave. Yeah. Wow. I guess if you learn, it's fine, but I'm not sure that non-musicians are are catching that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, and it just maybe
0: it's a lot of jumping too. Yeah, it is back, back, and, and, back and forth. forth
1: yeah, right? or at the point where it should be the high, you know, high part of your range and the chorus, you're, you're going down.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think people will think too, like, oh, the girls can just do the harmonies. Well, that's cool, it, yeah. but I still think you want to like as much as you can yeah. set it up so that. The women can sing a melody and yeah. don't feel like, oh, I have to jump down now and this yes. is weird and what yes. do I do and right? Yeah, so
0: yeah. I mean, in light of in light of singing and uh, you know our range and things, you know, not only do you are you such a songwriter, predominant songwriter for Sovereign Grace Music and involved there, but even on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. um, how would you uh, how do you approach Sunday mornings singing uh, at our church and how do you think through melody and harmonies? And
2: mm. yeah, I mean, I feel like I learned a lot when I came to Sovereign Grace Music under Bob because um, <laughs> I always am telling vocalist things over and
1: over and over. You do yep. lean more vocal, <laughs> yeah, vocal than uh, band arrangement. This mm. is my glad history. <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad about my history I'm glad. I'm sorry. Glad's great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So just I think thinking through like the structure. Okay, we're gonna sing unison on these parts of the songs, and don't add parts until later on, and then- so why So why why not add parts till later on? Yeah, so I think that helped me think through just like the congregational aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So especially if it's something they don't know, but even songs they know, I feel like it supports them more when you're early on all together singing that uh, melody. So then they're comfortable, they know what it sounds like, um, Mm -hmm. if they've forgotten or don't know it. Um, Yeah, and then just adding the parts later um, to give it some variation and uh, yeah, beauty in the music, um, but you don't have to add them right away. So, Although
1: you'd be happy to harmonize all the time. I mean, you could.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, yeah I think when I'm in the congregation singing on a Sunday morning, I would probably for sure, sure harmonize more yeah, than I do yeah, yeah. when I'm in the band, but mm. uh, yeah, I just think having that perspective in the band of, okay, I'm serving the congregation and how can I do that yeah. best to point yeah. them to Christ. That's yeah.
0: really great. Because mm-hmm. I think there, there might be a uh, yeah, tendency to just go, well, I know the third, mm-hmm. so I'll just sing it from <laughs> yeah. the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like that. And, and it's also mm-hmm. not only is it serving to you know, reinforce the melody, but it's actually really giving the song somewhere to go too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yes. it's sort of an arranging yes. thing as well uh, that can be a really useful tool. You know? mm-hmm. And even, um, even on like an establishing a bridge. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, we're going to mm-hmm. sing the melody on the bridge. And yep. then we can add a, yeah. another part later. So yeah. that's, a really, that's an awesome perspective of how to mm. even arrange on Sunday mornings.
1: And yeah. it's helpful when like vocalists think like that, mm. because you don't have to spend a lot of time going back, okay, let's do this. You know, let, let's, Everybody's thinking, no, we won't get this melody out. Again, in Puerto Rico, they were, they were teaching, one group taught a new song, and halfway through the first verse, they were doing three-part harmony. Mm. And there's mm. no way we, we knew what like the melody was. Uh, yes. And on the first vocal, on the first chorus, mm. everybody's doing three-part harmony. And it, it's just harder to pick out. What That's, is that exactly? Yeah. And mm. we want the congregation to be confident. We, don't, we want yeah. them to be you know, sure of what the melody is. So just mm. giving it to them at least once uh, helps that process. But Lacey is great at that. I've mm-hmm. uh, probably just... you just been... Trained for a long time.
2: <laughs> trained for a long time. But, you know, Bob. It's, almost a decade. It's great.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know, there's certain vocalists you you're serving with, and you just it's just so easy. And mm-hmm. we've done a lot together. We've done a lot for Sovereign Grace Music live streams and stuff like that, where we kind of remember being in COVID. Yeah, we had to do <laughs> we doing those Thursday night live streams. Yes, and it's like okay. And we're talking about when we do harmony, and because yes. so much of that was unrehearsed, it was just, okay, we're just doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think you learn through it's those times That's so good. Yep.
0: So uh, Lace, kind of one final question I wanted to ask, for worship leaders that are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast and have uh, female singers on their team, maybe two or three even, how would you encourage them to how to communicate the parts that we're talking about, melody, harmonies, yeah you know, uh, different uh, ranges, like a tenor, or a soprano, or an alto. Mm-hmm. How, is there, like, a condensed way of communicating, giving them some advice?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, so at Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville, we usually have a guy, you know, that can sing the tenor. And so you're two – we usually have two other girls. Mm-hmm. So they would sing melody and then alto. Mm-hmm. But I, we have had some Sundays where um, – for whatever reason the girls need to do alto and tenor so i think just knowing your vocalists like do we have women that can do a tenor um mm. and then also i think knowing your vocalists in the sense of their ears and their training so there's certain That's vocalists good. that yeah. they're great at melody and just you know a one hour rehearsal on a sunday morning isn't really enough to teach them a tenor part so i'm not going to ask them to do that Um, so yeah, just being familiar with their gifts and their abilities and make it the most effective, yeah. And, and serve the congregation, so... That's
0: awesome. It's really helpful. That's so helpful. Well, Lace, thanks for being on uh, and uh, for serving Sovereign Grace Music mm-hmm. and Sovereign Grace Churches. Yes. And uh, we will have you back on for a second episode, a special great. episode
1: where we're going to talk about the songs that you uh, contributed for our Christmas album, mm. Heaven Has Come. Yes. Yep. Well, can't well, thanks for to, having me. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.